the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion, it's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast and it starts now. We liked our last two games in Edmonton and Winnipeg. We were playing good hockey and probably deserved a better fate and at least one of them. And, um, you know, the goal is just coming tonight and continue that momentum and continue to play the right way. And uh, I thought we did that and, you know, obviously held them to one. Benner played great and, um, you know, it was a good team effort. And every point from here on out is extremely important if you want to get into the playoffs, especially with how tight the race is right now. And, um, you know, especially against a divisional opponent that you're battling with, um, you know, it's a big one at home before a long run trip. I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it too much. It's a uh, pretty cool couple congrats from the teammates, but I mean, they should be congratulating themselves. I owe it all to them. It's has nothing to do with me. I never, you know, I've had any crazy individual efforts. It's all been my teammates finding me around the net or, um, you know, shooting them off me. So uh, owe it to them. Well, that's 21-year-old Jake Neighbors talking about his teammates as if he's a 10-year veteran in the National Hockey League. And what a season he has put together. A 20-goal season for Jake Neighbors, and he had the game-winning goal in yesterday's game as the St. Louis Blues skated to a 3-1 victory over the Minnesota Wild, earning two big points to stay alive in a chase for a final playoff spot in the Western Conference. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues came home for a one-game homestand against the Minnesota Wild, who they will see 11 days from now, and will see a third time on a third Saturday in the month of March. The Blues and the Minnesota Wild neck and neck in a playoff chase, trying to catch up with both the LA Kings and the Nashville Predators. They entered the game trailing those two teams who own the wild card spots by a total of seven points. The Blues came away with the regulation victory, which allowed them to make sure that Minnesota stays behind them in the standings and keep pace with Nashville, who pounded the Colorado Avalanche by a score of 5-1. to one. So the St. Louis Blues moved to within five points of the L.A. Kings in terms of the Western Conference playoff race. The Kings moving into the second wildcard spot. They stay seven points behind the Nashville Predators. And yes, they still do have another head-to-head game with Nashville coming up. And Nashville holds the top wildcard spot. So a big game for the Blues, a big two points earned. Alexei Toropchenko got the scoring started for the Blues. The power play produced in the goal for Jake Neighbors. It'd be Tori Krug with a two-point game, including the empty netter in the third period. And they got the job done. Let's get you to the highlights. Justin Falk has possession now, tries to chip it in and couldn't get it deep off of Saad. Toropchenko battles it loose, gives Saad a chance at it. He'll work it in on the near wing, Brandon Saad. On the backhand, curls it into the corner, throws on the brakes, goes to the blue line. Perunovic's shot, they hit the post! That puck might have gone in! It went just over the goal line before Fleury reaches back and pulls it in. A deflected puck off of Perunovic's shot. They'll have to review it, but the Blues may have a 1-0 lead. Minnesota off the draw, shoot, score! That one deflects in. Merrill got the shot from out high, and it ends up underneath the crossbar. And the icing calls against the Blues have come back to fight of Maya Wild finally score. It's a 1-1 game. Thomas goes to shoot save. Rebound Neighbors. He scores. Jake Neighbors has put the Blues back on top 2-1. 20 goals this year for young Jake Neighbors. A power play goal this time around. 7.07 to go. Period. 
Number two. Zuccarello down to the corner to Kaprizov into the slot and a shot on. And a blocker save from Bennington off a shot from Rossi. Boldy in the shoot and Bennington a blocker save. Kaprizov with a banner reader. After he looks up to the Raptors and a great blocker save by Bennington. Kaprizov brings it in. It's the trailer. Boldy put it on. Rebound going over to Kaprizov. Tries to tuck it in. Bennington reaches behind him and he knocks the puck behind the goal. It comes loose in front and cleared by Butchnevich off the boards and down the ice. Swept away by Falk. One minute to go in the period. Crew clearing for the Blues. It's going to curl to the goal. Go! It does! Goal! Tory Krug scores from his own end. Jordan Bennington taps his stick on the ice. Tory Krug hits that. Big third goal, not just for himself on the year, but for the St. Louis Blues. Three to one the score, an empty net goal, 48.5 to play in the period. They feed it in front, miss their man. It's going to come out of the zone, and that's going to do it here on a Saturday evening. Bring out the Zamboni. Three to one, Blues win over the Minnesota Wild. They got the job done, they got the two points. And now they head out onto the road for a make or break road trip to the East Coast as Philadelphia is up next on Monday night. Steve, congratulations on the victory. In the end, penalty killing and goaltending with a little help on a power play got you done today. Yeah, exactly. That's a heck of a divisional game. Obviously, we needed these two points before going on a heck of a long road trip here out East. So, uh, huge team win. What went right for you as this game went along? Well, I thought we were tight, you know, for the majority of the game. We got in trouble a couple times from some tough neutral zone turnovers. And once we started eliminating those, playing more north uh, pucks, allowing our guys to get a little bit of over top, it was eliminating their uh, scoring opportunities. Otter, it seemed like the, the power play had a lot of chances here today, but they stuck with it. Um, how does that momentum stay within your group, and how do you carry that into the next game? Well, we did. We got a lot of good looks that we wanted. We had a lot of great A scoring opportunities. Um, obviously, would have loved to have a cushion and put a power play goal in there, a little extra sealer, but, uh, you know, that saved them hopefully for the next game or the next few games, and guys have been doing a lot, good job on the power play for months now, and we just got to keep it rolling. Well, that was Blues assistant coach Steve Vaught. Well, Tory Krug has clearly found his offensive mojo again. He had another goal. He added an assist, and he joined us with the headsets right after the final buzzer last night. Obviously, uh, crucial for us. Uh, we're behind a bit in the standings, so we got to collect points when we can, and uh, hopefully that's a game that makes us feel better, and moving forward, we can just kind of roll with it. Tori, great game out there today with the old curling shot from 200 feet. That's got to feel good as a defenseman grinding out a game like that. But talk about the power play, how you guys had a lot of looks um, as the game went on here today. But it was something that you stuck with. And how do you carry that into the next few as we go on the road? Yeah, obviously, we would have liked to, to get one there in the third period to extend the lead. Uh, those are important for winning teams. And uh, we didn't do that, but I, I feel like we established momentum. And, and we obviously killed the clock uh, and didn't give anything up. So. Uh, that's important for us, and uh, hopefully we can just keep going. Tori, if, if for you guys to play successful hockey, you've seen you've seen what it looks like. How would you describe what are a couple of the most important things for you guys to take into this road trip? 
Well, I think if we're skating, uh, we're a hard team to beat. And, and when uh, the F1 on the forecheck or the first defenseman in the zone uh, closes quickly, then the other four guys can read off of that initial guy. And um, we're a hard team to play against if we do that. If, if not, uh, you know, it's hard for us to climb back into games. And uh, when we play with the lead, I think we're a good team. Let's hear from the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Drew Bannister. You know, in the past, we haven't played well in these games. And by no means do I think we played our best, but we, we found a way to win in the end. And that's an important game for us, and it's important two points. And we got to build momentum off this going onto the road. You know, this for us right now, and and for a lot of teams in our position, it's every every point's important. Like it's it's do or die hockey right now. It's playoff hockey. Uh, these are meaningful games, and for us tonight, you know, it's it's a step in the right direction. There was some some positive things that we can take from this game, but we have to get on a roll here. Like we have to be ready to play more consistent when we go on the road because we have some good hockey teams in front of us and. We're going to have to be better. I like the way we played in the third period. Uh, the first two periods, there was at times we played to our identity, I guess, but I, I, I felt it wasn't uh, it wasn't consistent and directed uh, enough for, for my liking, you know, especially at the offensive blue line. But I thought in the third, maybe other than, you know, one turnover, I thought we were pretty good at getting pucks deep and at least forcing them to come 200 feet every time. You know, Torpo, I thought he had a good game I, I i thought he kind of you know i lost him a little bit during the game just with a lot of the power plays and i, I tried to make a an effort to get him more involved in the third period because he's a good player for us and you know he, he plays to our identity um plays direct he puts pucks underneath he, he puts pressure on the d and he uses his body well the power plays obviously take a few players out of it and i thought he was somebody that i i needed to get out on the ice a little bit more here today all right matt lashoff Former NHLer filled in for Joe Vitale on the broadcast last night, and he helped us break down the contest. Yeah, it's got to be a good feeling in that room, right? It was a, kind of a, a slower, more methodical game with you know, a lot, of, not a lot of run and gun, a lot of mucky play in and around the front of the nets and through the neutral zone. And I think for for the Blues to be able to pick a win out of this and, and stay tight and stay consistent, get some good goaltending, you know, frustrate the big players on the other side. Um, it, it's a good feeling going into the room. And now I think you know, to the to the old adage that's been with this team kind of throughout the year, you got to stay with the consistency and try to bring that into a long road trip. So the difference in this game really was special teams. The Blues went two for two on the penalty kill. First and foremost, they stayed disciplined. They didn't take other penalties, and Minnesota did. So the Blues only had to kill for four minutes. St. Louis, on the flip side, had a total of 12 minutes of power play time, of which 39 seconds of that was a five-on-three. Now, they got the power play goal from Jake Neighbors on a net front goal, Thomas and Krug assisting. But they had four power play chances after that to make a two-to-one game, three-to-one. So in the end, they go one for seven on the power play. Joey asked this question a, a couple of weeks ago, and it's a great one. When you look at that scenario, was it a good enough night on the power play for the St. Louis Blues? You know, it's it's interesting, right? I think as you you get the you get the goal to be able to put yourself in a good position, but I think as a, as the power play can do many things throughout the course of a game, right? It can it can drive momentum, it can frustrate the other team through either goals and in that killer instinct. You see the best power plays in the league when they get the power plays at those certain integral times in the game, they score and and, and they they put a nail into the other team. Um, the Blues did it a little bit of a different way this game, I thought. Um, 
you know, keeping Kaprizov off the ice, keeping Bolduc right. off the ice, right, or Boldy off the ice, excuse me, is a big deal, right? You looked at the body That's language. That's 12 minutes those guys weren't playing. You looked at their body language about halfway through the second period. They were frustrated, right? They're looking back at the coach. They're forgetting that they're not getting their touches, and then they're trying to have to force the game um, as the game goes on, um, and they weren't able to get anything out of it, right? So I think you look at it in the grand scheme of things, the power play did enough to get by, probably not what you like as a coaching staff moving forward into the game, but they did burn the clock, as, as Coach Ott said, um, and did enough to get the win tonight. But I think you want to see a little bit more killer instinct execution, I think, as these games go on when you do have a, an opportunity to put a team down. Two of the goal scorers tonight, Alexei Toropchenko's 10th of the year, Jake Neighbors' is 20th of the year. They're on the score sheet. But we saw examples in other aspects of the game from those players why they're important young players for the St. Louis Blues. And if you're a fan and you, and you want to put yourself in Doug Armstrong's shoes, you look at what types of decisions Doug Armstrong could make, who's available, who's not. And if you want to build a foundation of winning hockey, you make sure that you're keeping players that are playing, as the players like to say, the game the right way. Yeah. The amount of penalty killing by Alexei Torepchenko. The puck battles won along the wall. We saw a deep battle where he stayed in the battle with Pareko and Letty, and the Blues eventually got that puck out. Things like that. Little bits of winning hockey from a guy like Alexei Toropchenko that doesn't even count the, the goal that he scored. On the flip side, you saw Jake Neighbors deciding not to go for the empty net and just put the puck in where icing wasn't there. That's a 21-year-old player making that kind of a decision just like that. Mm -hmm. Those those are good habits and good young players that will lead to winning hockey. Oh, 100%. And I think I, I've just been so impressed with Jake Neighbors over the course of the season, right? It seems like every game he comes in, he gets a little bit better. He gets a little more confidence. He plays the game with such pace. Um, and he goes and plays the game in hard areas, right? You look right before the uh, too many men on the ice penalty by the wild, right? He's running around. He's getting guys off their game. And that causes confusion. Um, and again, to your point, selfless plays, plays along the hard areas of the ice, along the yellow where you're winning those battles to advance the puck. Um, um, is something that I think Doug Armstrong has to look at this team and be very happy with where the trend is going on the development of some of his young players and the energy that they're playing with. And it's, you know, it's a great thing to have some real grizzled veterans in that room and, and your captain being one of them um, and Braden Shen to kind of lead the way on how to uh, play the game the right way. But I think as far as Jake Neighbors and Alexei Torpchenko are concerned, um, you know, really good trending in the right direction and hard areas of the game that you're going to need when winning hockey becomes a very, very consistent thing for this team as things move forward and once again and i have no problem bringing it up every single game you got another good one from your goalie yeah, I mean, as we talked about it, 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 you could see from the wild standpoint, this was the game plan, right? It was to shoot as many pucks as you can from as many different angles as you possibly could on Jordan Bennington um, and try to catch him sleeping, which he doesn't do very often, right? And I think try to create some of those, you know, mucky situations in front of the net. And, and he was on point from the very beginning. And although there wasn't as many shot, uh, you know, numbers on him, um, it's a more difficult game to play because you're constantly needing to be aware and you're constantly needing to be looking around you. And again, I mean, he stands up and gives you to your team an opportunity to win a hockey game. All right, what do you have for the Bud Light three stars of the game and Joey's work boots? Well, for me, I got Jordan Bennington as the third star. I got Tori Krug as number two. And Jake Neighbors, again, with the energy at number one. Uh, for me, the work boots today, um, in combination with the rest of the team in the power play, is Colton Pareko. You really frustrated a, a group of, of high 
high-end players for the Minnesota Wild. Again, we talked about the body language of Boldy and and um, Kaprizov on that side, and Eric Sinek, Um really kept them out of this game. I, I think, in, and again, we spoke about it earlier. He plays very hard minutes against the top players in this uh, in this league, and and they were a non-factor tonight. That's Matt Lashoff with the breakdown. Let's check in with Tim Woodburn and get his thoughts on the game. Chris, wow, what a fun game to watch. 3-1 over the Minnesota Wild and Kirill Kaprizov. What was he doing in the third period? Selling hot dogs? He, nowhere to be found. Their video coach should be fired for telling their head coach to challenge our second goal. It wasn't even close to being goalie interference. Boy, that's just got to drive you nuts. But at this point in time, I think Drew Bannister has to make a decision and have Bennington start the games against the Western Conference opponents. Throw a hole for him when you need to. But at some point, you got to go with the man that got you there and go with the man that you're paying for. And he was very good tonight, Jordan Bennington. And uh, he, I'm becoming a big Jordan Bennington fan. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodward. All right, Tim, thank you. Well, you know, one takeaway for me from that game for the St. Louis Blues and something they got away with, but again, we spent so much time talking about the little things in the game. There were several different icing calls against the St. Louis Blues. A couple of them very close where the Blues didn't quite gain the line. And was it tight? Yes. But were they still icing calls? Yes. Well, what happened? The ensuing faceoff really gave some momentum to the Minnesota Wild. There was one play where a pass from Jordan Cairo went behind Tory Krug. He had to reach back, get it, then throw it up ice. That resulted in an icing call. On the ensuing faceoff, the Wild won the faceoff. They put it down low. That ends up drawing a holding penalty against Justin Falk, and the Blues had one of the two penalty kill situations they had. There was another icing call where the puck came back down in the second period. The Minnesota Wild won it, and they end up getting two, three, four scoring chances on shots on net as a result of it. Again, when you talk about the little things that happen over the course of the game, sometimes icing the puck can be a good thing. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you got to be real careful because you can pick the puck out of the back of your net. It did not bite the Blues in the game yesterday, but against even better teams, it definitely could bite the Blues without a doubt. One other takeaway, the Blues had a 39-second 5-on-3 power play. They had a great scoring chance. They three times tried to get it to the back door for Jordan Cairo. You know what they didn't try was a one-timer, and that's something that the Blues have struggled with. They don't have the one-timer on the power play when it comes to the 5-on-3. It has struggled mightily, not just over the course of a season or two. We're talking about a five-year stretch where consistently the five-on-three power play hasn't produced, but consistently there hasn't been much of a one-timer threat. Will that change at some point? Who knows? Does it need to change? Well, you can make that debate all you want. One thing that you know scores goals on the power play in the National Hockey League? One-timers. And can that make a five-on-three a lot more successful? It absolutely can. We'll see if maybe we see some of that down the stretch here in the final quarter of the season. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. I'm Chris Kerber. The Blues head out now on a five-game East Coast road trip starting Monday night in Philadelphia against the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll have another episode for you following that game. Have a great rest of your weekend, a great start to the week, and we will see you at the rink.